Hi and welcome to Working Well. I'm Suzanne McCabe from Life Switch Coaching and this podcast is about helping you to thrive in your career and your life. If you want to overcome workplace stress, build your confidence and get work-life balance back in your life, then this podcast is for you. Today we're talking about how you can use your brain to avoid burnout. I'm privileged to welcome Hans de Graaf, a speaker, author, mentor, and a serial entrepreneur. In fact, he founded the Brainfulness Institute in the Netherlands and uses the title Brainfulness Evangelist. Hans, please tell us how all about your background and how it led to you becoming an advocate for great brain health. Thank you for being here, uh, Suzanne. Yeah, uh, my road to brainfulness. Well, I'm an entrepreneur since 1995. Started mm-hmm. several companies in uh, ICT and that evolved in companies in online learning. Um, in 2015, I sh- sold all my shares. Then I started to call myself a speaker. Uh-huh. First, I spoke about uh, the, of, uh, the brain and video. So what this video in your brain and what do you have to do to your video to be appealing to other people's brains okay but that evolved to decision making uh, and uh, the brain and uh, the connection with brainfulness is that um, well i'm a kind of rational guy of course i have emotions but uh, i guess other people are more emotional than i am um so when i talked about decision making in the brain uh Uh, I I talked to people afterwards and then they told me, well, I make decisions on gut feeling, on intuition. It has to feel good and that kind of things. Okay. So, and then I always ask them, how, where does that come from then, that feeling? And until now, no one ever gave me an answer. And then I tried to teach them that, in my opinion, uh, an important source of your feelings are your values. Well... So when your values are under attack, you feel something and what you feel guides your decision-making. Okay, yes. And from there on, it evolved. Well, basically, I was already talking about video in the brain, decision-making in the brain. And then, well, I I, I made some models and metaphors and that became brainfulness. Uh Uh-huh. And brainfulness in one sentence is that you learn to use all the features of your brain and not only use the features that are automatically triggered by the environment you, eh, your brain is in. Mm -hmm. So biases, the blind spots, how to mitigate and and maybe even uh, eliminate uh, them. Okay, because that was going to be something I wanted to ask you actually. Yeah, I'm very interested in the, the concept of brainfulness. So for you, it's about being aware of the biases that you have when you make decision-making. What else does brainfulness involve, Hans? Well, in brainfulness, I have uh, pointed out three topics. For me, brainfulness is all about vitality. Mm -hmm. It's about leadership and it's about purpose. Okay. Because I think when, when you want to make impact to the world, you have to have all three. Suppose you have a purpose in life that serves people and, well, a very, very good cause. And okay. suppose you have good leadership skills. But your vitality, your health, 
is keeping you in bed, what impact are you going to make? Well, the same thing is true. For example, you are completely healthy. You have lots of energy and you have good leadership skills, but no purpose and basically no direction for what you're going to use that leadership skills and your vitality for. Well, what impact are you going to make? So I think vitality, leadership and purpose, you need them all three. And what connects those topics is for me that it all begins with knowing and applying, basically living your values. Yes, absolutely. Um, and certainly I'll, I'll come to that in a minute because it's, it's something I'm very passionate about as well. Um, and Hans, we're both interested in helping people avoid burnout. And I know from personal experience, for me, the effect that it had on me and my family and my work colleagues. And I really wish that I'd had help earlier on. I know in your case, you decided not to burn out. And some people might think that they don't have a choice with burnout. So how did you use uh, the decision-making that you referred to earlier uh, to make that positive choice for yourself to avoid burnout? Well, first of all, you always have a choice. Um, I'm going to tell you later on some more about the situation, but in short, I was experiencing all the symptoms that, well, come or indicate a coming burnout. Mm -hmm. I was uh, grumpy, uh, did not sleep so, uh, so well, was always working, uh, uh, very easily irritated and also uh, thinking, and, and maybe that was the last drop in the bucket that made it overflow. I don't know. That's a Dutch saying, <laughs> the last <laughs> dr dr drop or drip. Uh-huh, uh, yes. That, that I'm an entrepreneur since 1995. And at some point, you notice yourself thinking more and more, why am I doing this? Do I have to do this for another 20 years? Right. So basically not as an entrepreneur, I'm talking now, So, but but not well, basically happy enough, not feeling, uh, uh, getting enough fulfillment from uh -huh. your everyday work, the, 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 the things you started the company in the first place. And then I thought to myself, well, if I go on like this, of course, I'm not sure, but I will probably get a burnout and then some doctor or some coach or some therapist is going to uh, tell me what I've done wrong and what should change. Yes. And I thought, well, what you should do in essence to change your life, in essence, what you, the what is not so, uh, so difficult. So I decided to take those measures before I got the burnout instead of waiting to get the burnout and all the damage in the business, uh, the damage in the, in the family, uh, the damage to my self-esteem uh, maybe. Of so course, all yeah. that damage from a burnout to prevent that and change my life beforehand. And once again, possibly, you never know at beforehand, of course, but possibly preventing the burnout at all. Um, but I must say, Suzanne, that making a decision not to get a burnout is just the first step because 
well, I, I already said it. What you should change, basically everybody knows already what, what is healthy and what is not healthy, what is helping and what is damaging. Yes. The thing is, there are two different uh, moments. The first one is start with the new habits, with the new life, with the new behaviors. And the most, and, and, and basically that's also in the total, not the difficult, the most difficult part, because I think the most difficult part of changing your life is to keep on going when the going gets tough, when you have to uh, deal with that you uh, fall back in your old behavior. Yeah, like someone on a diet uh, going uh, basically very well, but one night the old habits came back and he ate uh, three bags of chips and uh, <laughs> a bowl of uh, chocolate ice, for example. Uh -huh. So finding the motivation to start and then finding the continuing motivation to, well, keep up the good work. And well, it's, it's, it's for me, once again, my solution is to go back to your values on a regular basis. Yes. Because that's where the, well, I explained earlier, the emotions come from. That's where, for me, the motivation comes from. So I think you need uh, the emotions. Uh, I always explain to people the word motion is in it. So uh, motivation, emotions, they are directly connected. Yes. And once again, two types of motivation to get started with, with, with the, the good intentions, of course. Of course, but yeah. The most important thing is to go back to your values, to your emotions, to what drives you at the difficult moments. Yes, and it's that that will help you to persevere and keep those good habits going because you understand the importance of your own values and what they mean to you, why they're important and why you should keep on with the, the good behavior that you've started. Yeah. And I, for myself, uh, Suzanne, was uh, confronted what, with what, what happens when you don't um, live by your values. Um, it was in 2012. My mm -hmm. daughter Lisa was just... 12 back then she okay. went to another school 15 miles 20 kilometers from here in Groningen in the Netherlands okay so a new school and uh, just after one and a half two weeks we discovered that she put away her lunch uh, in, in in the bushes near our house oh, and to make yes. a long story short we discovered uh, basically very early that she uh, had bad eating behaviors Yes. And, well, we took immediate action and she was diagnosed with anorexia. Right. And okay. To tell something about that period, it made me feel powerless. Because normally when you have a child that has a serious disease, you can comfort him or her and fight the disease together. But anorexia is a mental illness. Yes. Basically, uh, Lisa was pushing me, me, especially me, not my wife, but especially me, pushing me away. And I, I know rationally that no one knows exactly where anorexia comes from. Yes. Uh, just in that time, 2012, it, it was just a turning point because all those years before, the, the, the specialist thought that the parents were one of the major causes of anorexia. Nowadays, 
we think differently. We are uh -huh. part of the solution, but it doesn't matter because for me, I felt guilty um, because what was the situation? Uh, we, uh, at that time, we had a company in uh, education for, well, Dutch drogisterijen. That's a kind of pharmacist that we only have in the Netherlands. We are okay. unique in that. Uh -huh. So we did education and the education permanent, permanente. Okay, yes. Um, but my wife was working in the company as office manager. And my oldest son was working in the company as system administrator, so for the computers. Yes. I had uh, 10, uh, 10 people working for me and 20 freelance teachers. Okay. Um, and we had one very bad customer. They were yelling at us and they were blaming at us, even if it wasn't our fault when something uh, went wrong because we were just um, doing what, what they told us, what we should do. But that resulted in that we were always at the dinner table, at lunch, in weekends, we were always discussing the company. Right, okay. Lisa, as, as the youngest uh, of my three kids, well, for me, I thought she has gotten too little attention. And maybe that's one element of the anorexia that uh, developed. But once again, um, so the, 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 the value of family, spouse, children, basically I, I neglected. And I never want to feel that powerless that as I felt, as I felt back then. Yes. So Lisa, for example, she was crying for hours, but not minutes, half an hour, hours, maybe four or five hours, putting her head under the pillow. And when I tried to talk to her, well, go away, let me die, it's not your fault. And basically, once again, that feeling of powerless as a parent yes. to, well, what is your pearl, your diamond, your, your crown, whatever, Absolutely. your proud, <laughs> pushing you away. So that was a very intensive experience. And uh, basically, that was one of the turning points in the story I was just telling you because um, uh, about making the conscious decision this has to change because otherwise I'm heading for a burnout. Okay. And, and then I must tell you, I had a business partner back then and I gave him signals. I said, I, I don't mention his name, but I said, uh, let's call him Peter. Peter, uh, we have to quit this business. We, or we have to get rid of that customer or whatever because this isn't working. And then he said, but Hans, we are making so much money and we are making so much money on this customer because it was the largest customer that you could have in this market in the Netherlands. Right. And then I always replied, okay, we make a lot of money, but I already have a lot of money and it's also costing a lot, maybe not money, but I'm getting a heart attack or well, a burnout or well, whatever. Exactly. You can yes. see. So, so I was already willing to change, but 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 my business partner, with the argument of money, basically uh, delayed the track to to the real transformation. So, yeah. when people listening now are in the same situation, um, make decisions for your own and uh, do not let yourself be influenced by, for example, a business partner pointing to the money. 
you can uh, lose or you can win. Because in the end, money is no issue. I, I can see there a very clear, different approach to values in life between you and your business partner, which was basically the crux of the issue, which was... Yeah, or, that, or at least you were, was, he wasn't experiencing the bad consequences as, as I did, because he was older than I was, uh, yes. I, I think uh, uh, almost 20 years older. So at the end of his career, and I was, I'm 54 now, so 2012, that's nine years ago. I was 45, so in the middle of my career. Let me be optimistic. <laughs> uh, so my particular situation that my wife was working and my oldest son, is, is, is that, that's not something that he experienced, of course. So the situation was different. But, but you could say, in a sense, it was a clash of values, maybe a clash of purpose. Yes. Mm -hmm. And... Of course, your your values um, are something that that you and I are both very interested in in our work, and um, because they're just so essential in life. And as you say, they determine um, your decision making. They just determine your purpose in life. And you've had a, a clash with your business partner who had different values from you. Um, and possibly at a different stage in his career, his values would have been different, but he hadn't experienced what you had experienced. So there was there was clearly going to be a difference there. So Hans, you you talked earlier about vitality, and I'm I'm interested in this. Um, you say that uh, I know from discussions we've had, you say it's an essential part of fully using your brains. So how do we develop vitality in our brains? Well, first of all, I had a keynote. It was called Brain, Body, Business mm -hmm. in that order. Brain, and Body, Business. That it starts with taking care of your brain because your brain is the tool uh, that makes the decisions, for example, to take good care of your brain or, of course, your business decisions. So there are some basics. Well, first of all, your brain needs oxygen, right? So without yes. oxy oxygen, within a few minutes, you are no longer among the living. Of course. But I want to expand that. Your brain needs fresh air. I'm um, a big fan of fresh air. <laughs> well, fresh air, for example, if you are in a training or in a meeting for the whole day in the same room, then concentrations of carbon dioxide are going to raise and they are going to, well, basically imp impact on uh, your thinking performance. Yes. And I recall from memory now, I think that research shows that your IQ, your intelligence quotient, goes down 10 points. Oh, really? So that much? You want to make important decisions. Clean wow. air. <laughs> Sleep is, I think, the most important advice someone uh, that, that you can give someone because it all starts with sleep. Sleep is, well, has many functions. We Actually, we don't exactly know which one is important or that they are all equally important. But for me, uh, um, without sleep, um, you cannot do good decision-making. I'll give one example. It was, I think, a British uh, documentary. Um, what I remember from that documentary is you saw two groups of people all on a diet. So they were all trying to lose weight. Mm -hmm. one, one group had a good night rest, rest, and the other group was kept awake during the night. Right. 
then the next morning they got an assignment to go to the supermarket and buy breakfast. Okay. And then of course the cameras followed the groups and that kind of things. And then when they got back in the research facility, all the products they bought were uh, put on a table. And I don't know the exact, exact numbers right now, but the, the group that had a, a bad night bought much, much, much more calories because their brain wasn't rested, hadn't enough energy to observe information and maybe remember what's important to go back to the values maybe. But they bought lots of more calories because they were shopping on autopilot. Yes. And those other people also on a diet, so with the diet in mind, they were, you saw in the, in the, in the video footage, you saw them compare packages and the other group just took the peanut butter, for example, and put it in their cart. And maybe even the largest, uh, the largest uh, jar is the word, I think, the largest <laughs> bottle. Yes, that's the right word, yes. So sleep, well, for me, uh, that has come to a rule that whenever you have to make a really important decision, and I'm, of course, I'm not talking about uh, the tea or coffee decisions, yes, uh, that kind of question, but really important decisions for your life, make sure you are at the right energy level. And for most people, I would say, take that decision in the morning, not at five o'clock or 10 o'clock in the evening, mm -hmm. because you're not going to be, your brain is not functionally functioning uh, at, at its best level uh, because of tiredness uh, then. And of course, breaks, right? I'm talking about sleep, but breaks during the day are also important if you want to have the highest possible performance in your work or in your life. Yes. Well, then you have a sunshine and that kind of things. Well, that was the, the basics, right? The, the physical part of the brain. So take care of the physical part of the brain. And when mm -hmm. it comes to, I forgot that one, nutrition. Yes. I always uh, say to people, what is good for your brain is accidentally also good for your body. And I say accidentally, but I think it isn't an accident. Taking care of your brain also with good nutrition, like the salmon, the, the 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 blueberries that kind of things the the uh, omega-3 fish vegetables <laughs> the fruits so everything that's good for your brain is also good for your body so there's no fight or discrepancy between those two topics so yes. take care of your brain first then you have so the, the the thinking power to make good decisions decisions for your body well, and then, of course, you have the mental part, uh, Suzanne. Okay. And, uh, then, then I think that, uh, and I have an interesting article uh, on that, and I'm going to put that in, uh, in, in, in my gifts to you. It's not written by me, but it's a, a, a scientific article about the difference between um, pursuing happiness or meaning. Ah, yes. I'll try to summarize the article for you that happiness is... Uh, a very short feeling and you you always need more yes uh, so co constant feeding of happiness yeah maybe it's an addiction yes <laughs> um on the other hand meaningful uh, meaningfulness or meaning is uh 
I think it's it's an emotion that you can feel when you serve with your purpose other people. So I think there meaning comes from. But one element of meaning is that it's a sustainable feeling, emotion. Maybe you could even say that where happiness is an emotion that comes up and goes away when the cause is gone, that meaning is more comparable to a mood. Okay. It's 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 a it's it's a, 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 a well a feeling that you have for longer times, and I think uh, those those two happiness and meaning often come together. But that's for me. I've discovered when do I feel happy, and I'm not talking about the happiness of uh, going having a day off and going to the beach. That's that's also happiness, of course, but. Um, I experience myself that uh, that happiness comes from making progress on your purpose. So you have that big goal in life, whatever it is, it can be as large or as small as you want. It can yes. be saving the planet to being there for my children. The, the size of your purpose doesn't matter, but seeing progress on your purpose, I think that's an in, important ingredient of feeling happy. And when you serve are serving, actually serving people, people, then in your contact with those people, and when you see that you matter to them, well, once again, be it your family or poor people on the other side of the world, the size doesn't matter. Uh, but um, then you're going to experience, experience that meaningful feeling. And yes. I think that's the most precious thing that you can rich so suppose at the end of your life you had many happy moments but you are going to die in two days but you think of yourself what did i do here on this earth i would choose for may maybe less happy moments but many meaningful periods and then yes. looking back at your life and say well i mattered i People i love that and i subscribe <laughs> I subscribe to that view as well, uh, Hans. It, it's in line with uh, the work that Stephen Covey did in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And his first step is begin with the end in mind. Um, and he talks about imagining yourself at your own funeral and seeing what other people are saying about you and really thinking about what would you like people to say about how you lived your life yeah. and to that is to get you to focus on your purpose and I completely agree with you that when you're working on your your purpose on your why you know why you're here and particularly um, when you're able to help other people along the way and there's a lot of evidence for that 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 helps your feeling of happiness when you're when you're working on your purpose and you're sharing uh, that purpose with others and others are benefiting from it. Yeah. I, I was reading an article this week about the term end state. I've not served in the, in, in the military in the Netherlands, so okay. the term was new for me. But as I understood it, uh, the term end state is when a commander gives an order to the troops that he, he communicates about the intention and the end state after this attack, 
for example, then we want to accomplish this. And for the troops in the field, that end state is, well, that's, that's the ultimate goal. And that guides their decision-making because in the battle, uh, well, you cannot plan everything. You cannot plan the weather, you cannot plan the enemy, you cannot plan technical difficulties, you cannot plan, maybe you cannot plan anything at all, I don't know. So it's just like life, I think. <laughs> but, but going back to what do you want to be the end state and seeing progress on that, I think that's, well, what I would qualify as a meaningful life. Knowing what your end state ideally would be and taking the steps before that. And then in the end, that reflects in your everyday decision-making. Yes. Because that, that end state is what, what they call a big, hairy goal. I don't know the, the <laughs> inventor of that term, but I think you're familiar with, with it. But in the end, uh, your behavior you show today works for that or against that. Sometimes you don't know, but once again, it should have consequences for the behavior you show today and behavior for me is nothing else than what other people see as a result from your decision making yes in your, in, i see it this way yes suzanne in your brain you have senses so information is coming in through your eyes through your ears through your skin well information is coming in then something happens up there in your brain and then something comes out and what comes out in essence, muscle movement. Mm -hmm. You hear me talking, and, and well, we have video connection. You also see me. The listeners uh, can't see me. Um, but also, my tongue moving to produce sound is a muscle movement. So yes. my brain produces electric pulses to move my body, to communicate, to, to, to take things in my hand, to take a sip of my water. And all that together we call behavior. And once again, I think that behavior in the end is steered by your values, but you can also get lost when you go too much on autopilot. Then, well, like me in the, in the drogisteria company, going on autopilot and, and living your life and for the money. And then all of a sudden something happens and you, well, basically wake up and think, well, if I go on like that, I'm going to end up with a heart attack or a burnout. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And and I I can definitely relate to that because I was clearly on autopilot for a long, long time uh, before I ended up off my work ill with uh, stress and chronic fatigue. And uh, I didn't see it at the time. I just saw it as getting on and uh, taking care of my various responsibilities. Um, but in hindsight, uh, yeah, I was just ploughing through it, as we say. So, yes, the, the importance of knowing your end state, knowing what your end goal is, your purpose, why you're here, knowing the values that are important to you. And that is largely what's going to drive your decision making. So, Hans, um, can you summarize what you've said today because you've covered so many interesting uh, topics and I'm wondering if you've got three top tips that would help the listeners avoid burnout. I don't have three, I have five, but they are very short. So Let's go maybe, for it. 
<laughs> I would say when you're in a situation like me, that you're having signs of burnout, first of all, ask a trusted friend. Try to get the, 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 the view of, of someone you trust. How do they look at you and do they see the symptoms and how you behave uh, today compared to, let's say, two or three years ago when yes. you were not in the, in the runway to burnout. The second tip I would say, when you start questioning yourself and, and maybe start thinking about your values, please be 100% honest to yourself. It's so easy to claim to have a value that when you look at your behavior, you obviously do not have. Okay, yeah. Uh, so be 100% honesty. Well, the third, we talked about it a lot in this uh, podcast, go back to your values. That's the starting point. Yes. Then don't forget that after the thinking process, that's tip number four, take action. So yes. don't think now I know what to do, but uh, I'll start next week or next month or next year or after that customer or before that customer, whatever. Take action because otherwise it may be too late. Yes. And the last tip is uh, during the process, reflect. So don't think I don't, I know my, my values, I've taken some actions because once again, your brain is so determined to go back on autopilot and going back to, to, way, to, to the way things were before that I would suggest uh, a weekly, maybe even a daily reflection with yourself and how you do that doesn't matter if you do it with electronically on paper with someone else making a video, uh, do mindfulness exercise, but sure. take some reflection every day. Well, basically reflect on, am I making progress and what could I do better tomorrow? Absolutely. I love those tips, Hans, and especially the number four, take action. You know, I, I had a client that I worked with um, who came to see me around the time of her 50th birthday and this birthday had really uh, spurred her to uh, look at her life and assess what she really wanted to do and her quote to me was if not now when you know in other words I could just let my life drift and drift and drift and drift and maybe nothing would happen and maybe nothing would change and uh, we can never take tomorrow for granted. So absolutely take action uh, towards your, your end state, your purpose. Because if you're postponing action, then basically you're giving a signal that you're not serious. Yes. It's and, not and serious enough. It can wait. Something else is more important. And then it becomes serious. Uh, you know, in the context of burnout, it becomes serious because you do burnout then someone else or your body stops you. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And let's prevent that. I hope that for all your listeners, uh, Suzanne. Oh, thank you, Hans. And listen, thank you very much for speaking to us today. I appreciate the benefit of your experience. And um, can you tell me where people can find out more about you, please? Yeah, I've made a special link. It's going to be in the show notes, I think, but it's yes. uh, one two link. So one two L dot I-N-K. Okay. Slash working well. Fabulous. Small, small letters, so not capitals. And you can find the article I was talking about, about happiness and meaning, the difference between those two. Um, you can download a PDF of uh, a 
a values discovery exercise. Oh, lovely. So you, have, you can do as first step. But if you want to go further, you can also sign up for a two hour value discovery workshop. And I must say, it's not a webinar, it's a workshop. I'm going to put you to work. It's free, but it's a training. I should charge you 500, uh, uh, well, we have euros or pounds uh, for. Yes. It's free. It's not a webinar that you can sit and relax. You have to be actively Active. engaged. And the last option I'm going to offer to the to the listeners uh, uh, at uh, that the landing page where you come at that link is to opportunity to book a 30 minute one on one with me to to talk more personally about values in his or her particular case. Lovely. Hans, that's a that's a really lovely offer. Thank you very, very much. Um, so I'll make sure that those links go in the show notes. And uh, thanks again for your time today and take care. It was a pleasure, uh, Suzanne. If you'd like to know more about what I do here at Life Switch Coaching, then you can go to my website at www.lifeswitchcoaching.com or you can email me at Suzanne at lifeswitchcoaching.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-N-E at lifeswitchcoaching.com. Thanks very much for listening and take care.